What's up, Greg? <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> Not much, man. You ready to get this thing started? Yeah, man. This is awesome. <laughs> All right. So what's up, guys? This is War Pig Nation, and I'm your host, Ryan Pig. Today, I got a very special guest. He's one of my best friends, one of my mentors in life, and he's got a very life that he he's a Marine, got a college graduate, published author, an entrepreneur. He's got his own business. He's a triathlon enthusiast, so he's an athlete, and he's much more. So, Greg, with that being said, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you grew up, where you're from, and some of your successes and failures leading up to uh, when you and I met? All right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, first off, I just uh, I just want to say thanks, dude. It's this is this uh, this is awesome. Um, super excited, uh, pumped for you doing this, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, War Pig Nation. That's got a, that's got a ring to it, man. That's that fits perfectly. So, um, but yeah, dude, uh, so growing up, let's see, uh, North Platte, Nebraska, not a very big town, about 30,000 people. Um, just pretty average dude. Um, you know, uh, I had, a was raised with another brother. I'm the oldest of five, uh, played sports growing up. Uh, stepdad got me into that quite a bit, uh, bounced between here and Colorado, uh, as far as living goes, bounced around quite a bit between schools as well. Uh, I believe I was in, shoot, I think I was in six different schools by the time I was in sixth grade. Um, but I ended up, when I hit the, when I hit the sixth grade, I just stayed with that, that school until I graduated. Um, and then, yeah, I uh, decided to go on to college. I went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I joined a fraternity, Phi Kappa Psi. Um, I didn't end up graduating from the university of Nebraska Lincoln. I dropped out, uh, my, I was going to be a fifth year senior and I dropped out my fourth year. Um, I decided to kind of split ways with, uh, my frat brothers. Um, we were just partying a little bit too hard and, uh, I decided it probably, probably wasn't the best thing for me as far as my future, because I really, I really dove into it really hard. Um, uh, ended up uh, getting myself in trouble quite a bit in college. And so I figured, you know, I got to go down a different path. And so I got the, the opportunity to get myself around a bunch of other really positive people. Um, tried getting myself involved in uh, an MLM, which is a uh, multi-level marketing, which was, I, I went with Amway and um, didn't know anything about it at the time. And I feel like a lot of people know, you know what Amway was you, or is, I mean, you can go, you can be at a, a distributor of them or an associate or whatever. And, um, and right. in, in essence, just kind of own your own personal, you, you know, home-based business slash small franchise of them for little to nothing. But, um, what it really did, and I ended up obviously not sticking with it. I did that for about two years, but what it really did was it introduced me to a whole different mindset of, of people that I didn't actually really know existed. You know, I, uh, I was fairly confused in college and high school, you know, I just had all this energy, but I funneled into, into a lot of probably not so productive things. I mean, outside of sports, I, I mean, let's see, I was a seven sport athlete. Um, 
Seven sports, yep. huh? Let's uh, let's hear some of those real quick. Um, let's see, baseball for uh, baseball for from kindergarten. Well, yeah, from kindergarten until or first grade until I was uh, sixteen. Uh, played football from sixth grade until uh, I graduated high school. Uh, I boxed. Uh, I did shot put and discus. I ran long distance. I wrestled. Um, so how many is that? That's is that five. Sounds like four, four, four five. five. Baseball, yep. football, wrestling, running, and boxing. boxing. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So I'm not as cool as I thought. So four or five. <laughs> Hey, there we go. Hey, you're still cool to me, right? <laughs> yeah, I just math wasn't my uh, wasn't my class, so four or five, I guess. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so did that. Um, anyways, uh, college and uh, yeah, I, I started that that the, that Amway business, and I just got around these really awesome people that just introduced me to reading and changing your thought process and reading success principle books and personality books and listening to CDs. Um, like when you were driving, you know, or having them in your CD player while you were walking around, you know, I did that all the time and I just mingled and went to leadership conferences and, and some people have mixed feelings with, you know, multi-level marketing businesses, businesses and stuff. But I, I can honestly say that, you know, although I didn't stick with it, there are upsides and downsides to everything, but it, it put me on a path that basically I feel like I would have ended up on that path eventually but had I not the people, had I not met the people uh, when I did, you know, at at 21, you know, if it, if I hadn't met them then, um, I don't know if I would be where I'm at today. Um, but it it really put me on a path of just like, just I just dove into thought process, um, and it, I mean it, it was never ending, never ending uh, evolution of changing your thought process and adapting, you know, throughout your entire life, but. I did that. Um, and I started really overcoming a lot of fears. You know, I was really, honestly, really afraid of a lot of things, you know, I had no self-confidence, didn't really have much of a backbone either. You know, I just partied and kind of was like a yes man, you know, like if somebody was like, yo, let's go, let's go here. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, or you know, I really didn't, I couldn't tell people no, you know, um, just, just a very weak personality with not too many standards. And got introduced to those people. After a couple of years, I decided, you know, hey, this isn't for me, but I learned a lot. Um, still friends with a lot of them today. You know, after I'm 31, I met a lot of them when I was 21. Ten years later, we're still really, really close. And a lot of them are business owners or very successful in what they're doing outside of Amway, um, which is really cool. But um, then I decided to join the Marine Corps. It was kind of something I always wanted to do, at least the military. I tried joining right out of high school at one point in time. Parents told me that they didn't want me to, and one of my favorite teachers in high school was a recon Marine, and I thought, you know, if I go to him and he says yes, then I'm going to do it, you know, because every kid has a hard time listening to their parents. Well, well, at, um, at, at the time, I was surprised, but he said, nope, go to college. I was like, oh, man, so went to college, and obviously, you know that story, but um, joined the Marine Corps, and I, uh, <clears throat> I was actually talking about this uh, with an individual earlier today that um, I joined late. I was, I turned 25 in boot camp, whereas a lot of people were turning, like a lot of my friends were turning, you know, 18, 19, 20. And so 
I was kind of put in this role. I realized it when I got there, but I was kind of put in this role of I'm older. And I just noticed that these kids were struggling with things that I wasn't struggling with. Like, yeah, Marine Corps boot camp is tough. Yeah. It challenges you, you know, I mean, you do become a completely different person because of it, but I was noticing that, um, that these kids were really having a hard time adapting and I wasn't. And I think that's, you can achieve that to two things. I feel like I had two advantages. One, I, I had been on my own since I was 18, you know, went to college. I was living on my own, supporting myself, you know, until I was 24. And so I, I'd been in the real world, real world, you know, like I'd been, I'd, I'd been super broke. I've, I'd had to fend for myself. I mean, I'd gone, I was a broke college kid. I mean, I, I'd gone, <laughs> I lived off of the ramen noodle diet, you know, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich diet, you know, like you, you do. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, you just did anything you had to, 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 to support yourself, you know? And, uh, a lot of these kids didn't, you know, they came right out of, you know, home and high school where their parents were kind of, they, they didn't really have any, any life experience outside of high school and just kind of doing what they wanted. And so that was one advantage I had is because, you know, I, 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 I knew that, you know, if I, I could, I could, I could support myself basically, you know, I, I'd, I'd had life experience. And two was that I had two straight years of just mental modification, you know, like when I got introduced to that, the, that team that was through Amway, like I'd spent two straight years of reading leadership books, success principle books, spiritual books, personality books, and putting them to the test, you know, and getting around, we'd go to leadership conferences and I'd get the opportunity to rub elbows. Not that I was anybody special, but they had meet and greets and I had the opportunity to, to shake hands of multi, multi-millionaires, you know, people who are making, you know, 60, 70, 80, maybe even a million dollars a month sometimes. Um, and it was just like, they were normal people. They just, you know, you just learn that these people who are successful are normal people. We're all, we all start off in this pants on the same way. So that was the second advantage I had was that my mindset was completely different. And so it kind of put me right. Because I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Because being a Marine, uh, I mean, you could vouch for this. Most of those guys are normal guys. There's, not many of those individuals that are far superior than you. They're either the same as you or maybe have a little bit more physical capabilities or maybe a little bit mentally stronger, but for the most part, everybody's the same. And I feel like what you're saying is like, is kind of like spot on with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that was another thing too. And and, and it took me a little bit, you know, even though I was older, I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, from 21 to about 26 after that first year in the Marine Corps was probably the most potent five years, four and a half years of learning I've ever done in my life, man. Like it was just lesson after lesson, after just failure, after embarrassment, after just mess up, you know, like I messed up, you know, a lot before that, but actually learning from my mistakes, I was like, holy cow, like life was just throwing stuff at me, but I was actually starting to internalize them and learn from them, you know, because my mind was changing. But anyway, so I I get to the, get to the Marine Corps and I realized that I'm the same age as, you know, some of my supervisors, if not older. So, um, Although I did get treated like, you know, a new guy and stuff like that, obviously, you know, I mean, you know how that goes. We all kind of, <laughs> we, we, right. we, yeah, we, we, we all, all embrace the suck yeah, for yeah, a while. I mean, we, I mean, we weren't out there kicking down doors and stuff like that, but I mean, in the air wing, we were still, we, we still had a fair share of, 
of, you know, crap we dealt with, but, exactly. but they just treated me a little bit differently. And I think a lot of it was too, was my mindset, like I said, but one thing I found out in the Marine Corps is that what I wasn't able to do as a civilian, I was able to do as a Marine. Like I was able, I wasn't ever the smartest guy, but I knew that because of all the athletic experience I had, not that I was an athlete. I mean, not that I was a great athlete whatsoever. I was a very, very average athlete. I was not physically gifted. I was not like gifted in my skill level, but, um, but I just, I just didn't quit, you know, like I was always challenging myself. And so when I got into the Marine Corps, that was basically what they were looking for guys who, who just didn't quit, you know, and that's basically what they beat into you. Like mostly it's just like you go until you can't go anymore is basically what they tell us, you know, it's, and I, I kind of already had a little bit of that. And so when I got to the fleet, I was just like, wow, you know, I had that and I had a little bit of the mindset I needed, but, um, in the Marine Corps, you know, man, the lessons just kept coming. I, I went in there with a, kind of a chip on my shoulder thinking, you know, I'm older, so I do have to kind of look out for these, some of these younger guys. But, um, but I also was like, you know, I'm smart. I went to college. These guys don't have anything on me. Boy, I tell you what, did I get cut down real quick when I tried to act a little arrogant or uppity? Um, and I actually found out that some of the smartest guys I ever met have high school degrees. You know, some of those guys that were had been aircraft mechanics, you know, you know, doing measurements, you know, metal work, whatever the case may be. You know, I mean, they, you know, we're having to work with numbers all the time, you know, as far as tools and drill bits and stuff like that. And these guys were three to four to five times better at math than I ever could imagine to be. They could just numbers came to them. And so one thing I found out was that um, obviously you can't judge a book by its cover, but there's multiple ways of, of learning throughout life. And I only had one perspective. Um, but yeah, man, uh, <clears throat> outside of that. That's interesting. I, I, I like how you, uh, how you said that, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Cause a lot of times we do. And especially, um, in the military, we, we do that a lot. We tend to look at individuals and say, okay, you know, you got a five o'clock shadow coming into work, you know, what's wrong with you. And you want to, you want to get angry and yell at them because of our standards and stuff like that. But, you know, they might, they might not care so much about that appearance, but they might really give a, a crap about the, the mission. You know, they might be, mission oriented guys and they really don't care about what's going on. And if you, and if you judge a bug by its cover, you really won't get down to that. You won't find out that they're very uh, mission oriented. They want to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I mean, and, and that, that all, I mean, obviously the, 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 especially Marines, I mean, obviously me and you can't, we can't, I can't talk as far as any other branch, but I know Marines, like we have such a high standard and we do think differently just because, I mean, so much is expected, you know, we were always given quite a bit less, but had to do more with it. And so everything, you know, you have to be spot on. I mean, you know that. So I think all the expectations were just a little bit more intense because given the Marine Corps history, like, I mean, we Marines have not been liked, you know, since we basically started, you know, I mean, other branches have tried to try to get rid of the Marine Corps several times. I mean, and they actually did successfully one point in time, but then they realized that they actually needed us. So but because and we're all, came yeah, back. but because we're under a microscope all the time, those rules and stuff like that are in 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 there for a reason. You know why we have to be as good as we do, why the standard is so high. You know, but anyways, I mean, and and 
yeah, but outside of that, that's that's you're right though. I mean, everybody everybody's different. It's just kind of a personality thing, and you just kind of adapt to it the way you you need to. And I mean, if hindsight's twenty twenty, now that I'm out of the Marine Corps, almost two years now, I can I can look back and be like, yeah, at the time, you know, I I, I you know I whined and moaned at certain things, but now I look back and I'm like, wow, it, it actually really served me. You know, certain things helped me out, like it gave me perspective, and it's it's just kind of funny how things how that happens, you know, after the fact, you're like, Oh, well, I'm glad this happened because it's definitely helping me now in life, you know? So, um, yeah, exactly. But it's funny how, and, it's, it's funny, like how we, how we, how we know that, how we say hindsight's 2020, but you know, we don't really internalize it until it actually happens. But anyways, um, yeah, man, that's awesome. <clears throat> and you, you mentioned that you're two years post Marine Corps. So I've been following you, one, because you're one of my best friends, and two, just because I love seeing your success story. You know, we, you and I, uh, you being my mentor in the Marine Corps, we had a lot of conversations about what we wanted to do outside the Marine Corps, and I knew that you wanted to be a business owner and uh, pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, and and you haven't ceased to amaze me of, of the things that you've accomplished. So just give me a like a brief story of like kind of, what you've done leading up to you owning your own business right now. And it's 100% organic. It's, it's like, it's all you. It's not, it's not like that Amway thing or mm-hmm. even a franchise that you buy into. It's hundred percent Greg. And just, just give me a little brief story about how the transition out of the Marine Corps was and um, becoming yeah your own, your own boss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, I'm going to say up front, it's not like all that super glamorous <laughs> because I feel like, being being a business owner is is super awesome and and it's actually really popular obviously nowadays but the way it kind of came about it was just like i don't know man there's when i got well let me backtrack before i dive into it when i got out um i just kind of like had this sense of relief i was just like you know what i don't have to answer to anybody i'm super excited and i just i i never even took like uh like a lot of marines they'll cash out their tsp or whatever money they saved up and they'll go on a trip or they'll blow a bunch of it on some toys and stuff. I literally, my mom landed the day after, like, like what was it? The day after I got my paperwork signed and I went on a cross country road trip that just led us directly to home. It was like a week and a half road trip, just me and my mom, which is really fun. We got to do a lot of cool stuff. But as soon as I got back, man, dude, I, for about a month and a half, I, I had, um, some, I, I had some, what was it? Uh, leave days saved up. So I had basically a month and a half where I was just getting paid to kind of hang out. But man, as soon as I got home, I sat down on my parents, on my, on my parents, uh, um, couch at their, at their house. And I just started working my butt off. I got interviews set up. I was applying to school interviews set up in, in the capital of Nebraska to work on, on aircrafts. And, we go up there and I would actually been working on this interview. This is, there's a little story here. I'm going to kind of go down a rabbit hole, but I'll bring it back. But, um, I've been working on this interview for several months prior to me even getting out of the Marine Corps. Like it was a local, it was a very, very respected aircraft company. Um, they knew I was an aircraft mechanic. Um, we exchanged a lot of emails and a handful of phone phone calls with the hiring manager there in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I get there it's four, it's four hours away from where I live. So I drive up there four hours away. I prepared for the interview. I have all my paperwork, all my experience that the Marine Corps provided me a printed out resume, you know, 
cover letters. Like I went, I went all the way, man. Like I was ready for this. Like I studied up on the jets that they worked on. Like I was ready to answer any questions they, they had. I get there. First thing he says to me is, Oh, Hey, by the way, this isn't an interview. We hired everybody already. We just kind of wanted to get to know you just in case something opens up in the next, you know, couple years. And I was like, what? After like, and I'm not even joking, man. I spent six months talking to these guys and the day before I was house hunting. So like, I thought it was a done deal. And I drove four hours completely ready to get a job offer. Nothing. Well, 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 I, I, I was, and ironically though, I, when he said that I wasn't even upset. I was just like, you know what? I was an aircraft mechanic for five years. I wasn't a bad aircraft mechanic, but I wasn't a great aircraft mechanic. And I think the reason I didn't get upset was because there was a part of me that was like, I don't think I really wanted to do it. Despite the fact it was paying a lot of money. I think there was a part of me that was just like, good. I tried, whatever. I'm not going to be able to use my skills. And I thought, you know what, whatever. Uh, I'm just kind of go with the flow here. And as I was riding home, the four hours on the way back home, I get an email um, from a publishing company out of the United Kingdom that had said, hey, congratulations. We just want to let you know that your piece has been picked uh, for the book that we're putting together. And uh, uh, just probably because obviously I haven't said it, but I've been writing on and off since I was 18. That was one way I dealt with a lot of my my, my issues, you know, my anxiety, my anger, you know, my emotional problems are just kind of growing up a little bit because my mom did it and she suggested it to me. Well, that's how I kind of did things in the Marine Corps. I don't, I never really told anybody about it, but I was, I'd write, you know, I would write sometimes just to deal with stuff or think things through. And one of the pieces I wrote, I was sending, I sent to a company, actually a couple, and they got back to me right when I got that news about not getting that job. And I was like, you know what? Things are going to be all right. And so I did, I got published, um, and got back home. And like I said, man, I just sat back on my parents' couch cause I was, I was looking for a place to live. And I, I think eight hours a day, man, I was applying for jobs. I was redoing my resume, you know, cover letters. I was applying to grad school because I, um, I did finish my bachelor's while I was in the Marine Corps. So I was applying to, to grad school for my master's degree, um, and I got accepted to every single college that I applied for. It just took a couple months for them to get back to me. And, but the hard thing was getting a job. Um, I'm not even joking. I probably spent, I probably spent uh, a good over a hundred hours, at least bare minimum hundred hours, uh, working on job applications, um, resumes, applying to jobs. I was applying on average to minimum a single job every day for probably about a month and a half, close to two months and nothing. I couldn't get a job for nothing. So I was like really grateful that I had all those leave days saved up, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't, it was pretty streamlined. I just, I just know that I, I felt like I was, had all this weight off my shoulders and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take over, take over the world. Basically. I just felt so good to be free basically I'm um, not okay. saying, I mean, and I really appreciate my time in the Marine Corps. You know, I, I'm more fond of it now than I was while I was in. I kind of took it for granted. And I, I mean, and obviously like when you're in the thick of it, you know, busting your butt off and 
it's not, it's not all that what it's cracked up to be, but I really appreciate it now, you know, the lessons I learned, but, um, and it's, it's a personality thing too. Like, I think I was just too much of a free spirit to, to continue with the Marine Corps. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I really value the experience now. Um, but what was it? So I got, a, I ended up getting a job. I ended up getting, uh, into all the schools I applied for and, uh, started studying my, uh, getting my master's in organizational leadership and it worked out like clockwork that even though it came down to crunch time the very day that my leave ended those days I was getting paid to that I had saved up from for the, from the military the next day uh that I stopped getting paid I started a, a job as a traveling phlebotomist basically taking blood from people who donated it and I did that for about nine months and I was going to grad school and since it was on on the road job, man, I was working probably just as much as I was when I was in the military. I was working 11 to 14 hours a day and then coming home and spending another two hours, three hours doing homework. And I did that for a, a while, man. And I just kind of got like, you know, I just kind of got burnt out. And one day I was like, you know what? Got really antsy. And I was just like, why do I need to be like pushing myself so hard? I think that that Marine mentality was in me and I never really took a break other than that, that week and a half that right after the Marine Corps. And I came home and just started hitting the grind again, which is okay. But I finally burned out, man. Like I just was like tired. I was exhausted. Called my regional manager. I said, Hey, I'm not coming in anymore. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I'm not coming in anymore. She said, okay, so about two weeks from now you quit. And I said, no, I'm not coming in anymore. And I'd never done that before. Well, wow. yeah, I'd never done that before. And, but the good thing was, is that they ended up liking me so much at that job that then she, and she knew I was studying organizational leadership and it's kind of, it's kind of like counterproductive that I'm getting my master's in organizational leadership, but then I pull a, Hey, I'm not coming in no more just because I feel like it. Like how responsible is that? Like, I don't even give them two weeks notice. I'm just like, I'm not coming in anymore. <laughs> But then, yeah, you just, yeah, I just, I just dipped, man, which is so completely irresponsible. But then she proceeded, like, it took about, it was a, about a 30 to 40 minute conversation. No, pro- no pro- probably just 30 minute conversation. Five minutes of it was about, hey, you're not coming in. Okay. And then that part of the conversation was over. And then the next 25 minutes of the conversation was, she started asking me how to make the organization better, how to be a better leader, how to treat the employees better. After I'm telling her I'm no call, no showing, just not coming into work anymore. Like, so at that moment I was like, Oh, okay. Like I definitely made another good example. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's these, these our managers, like some of our bosses are just as clueless as the workers sometimes. Like, we don't know. And, and, and I was man too. When I was a supervisor in the Marine Corps, like there were, there were most days I was just like, I have no idea like how we're going to get this done, but we're going to get it done. And I'm not saying, exactly. and it was no, it was no credit to myself because, because had I not had like the workers that we had, like you guys, and then the guys I had in, in Q3, there, there's no way I would have been able to get, we would have been able to get the stuff done that we got done. Um, Cause I definitely was not the smartest supervisor by any means, but, um, anyways, that was a rabbit hole. No, that's fine, brother. That's fine. 
it, I mean, it speaks highly of yourself. Like you, you've been able to have these experiences in life that most people would just shut down, give up, or just, you know, just keep going with the punches and just keep doing the, mm, just going through life motions. And it seems like you picked up on it and you said, you know what, this isn't what I want to do. So I'm going to go forward. And um, so just to uh, keep going forward with this interview. And uh, so you started, you started a business and tell me a little bit about it. It's 2T17 and let's, uh, let's get on that topic. Okay. Quick. okay. Like how, like how you went from uh, just saying, you know what, I'm done to, your road trip that you did and then starting this business. Like, tell me a little bit about that. What's going uh, on with that? We'll do. Okay. So I, I, to tell you about that, I have to tell you about my, one of my second, was it my second or third major business ventures I attempted. So about a month before I quit the, the, that phlebotomist, the traveling phlebotomist position, I had, I, I had cashed out my entire, my entire re military retirement that I'd saved up over those five years, which was kind of amounted to about a grant. I mean, uh, about three grand a year. So I had $15,000 saved up and I cashed it out and invested all of it in one chunk into a business, learning how to market online, you know, being, being uh, an affiliate of all these companies and designing web pages to where and Facebook ads and social media ads that people could see and buy. And so when they bought, then I would get paid out for driving traffic to all these companies like Nike or Walmart or any makeup company in the world you can think of. So that, that's, I, I paid like 10 grand and then it cost me some you know taxes and it cost me a fee just to withdraw that retirement money. So in one shot, I just dropped all this money and, and, and it didn't like it, it was going good. I was, I was grinding after I quit that red cross job. I was like, you know what? I've got this little business venture going. I know a buddy who needs some help that I randomly met at a wedding. He owns his own business. He owns a small record label and he owns like uh, a small international clothing line and he needed some help. And so I was like two days after I quit that job uh, with the phlebotomy, I was on the road for the next two months, spent an entire month on the West coast, spent an entire month on the East coast, learned how to like work with his website. I learned how to sell. I learned how to just like, you know, do all this stuff, just like the, the small ins and outs of like, you know, kind of being a roadie man, like living on the road, roughing it, you know, grinding day in and day out, taking the subway in Manhattan just to get to a place where we need to get to, you know, start selling our stuff. And, and, you know, posting on social media and getting upset and putting hours and hours and hours into my buddy's business that I'd never done that before. You know, I'd grinded before, but not with any payback, not with any really immediate payback. I mean, I had, but not to the extent we were for two straight months. You know, we had no idea sometimes like if we were going to get work or where the work was going to come from, but we were constantly networking. I mean, all the time we spent a, a good amount of time in, in Seattle, in California, uh, in Florida, in, in, uh, Virginia, uh, New York and all over. But one thing I noticed was that 
was that it didn't matter. And I didn't realize it until the very end, but a um, couple things that kind of happened on that trip. One, I started to really understand the grind. Like people talk about the grind, like, oh yeah, I can hustle, I can grind. But hustle, there's such a negative context with the word hustle. We think of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna hustle you over. You know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna pull the wool over your eyes. And I'm gonna get what I need. But no, man, like, I met some of the most phenomenal people that were just busking on the side of the road, like people selling stuff uh, in in huge parks in New York and Manhattan and Brooklyn. That I'm telling you, dude, like, like what is it? That movie on that scene on Tommy Boy where he says, where he says they could sell a sell a a ketchup popsicle to a lady wearing white gloves. Like I met people like that and they were the nicest people you ever met and everything they had, they had to grind for. So I'd never had that before. Like, yeah, I worked my butt off, but having to grind for every single thing you have, I'd never seen it the way they do it in bigger cities. And so that gave me a whole different perspective. And then one thing leading up to this Christian clothing line I have is my buddy that I went with happens to be extremely faith. Like he, he is a devout Christian and I did not know this. I took the Lord's name in vain. The first 30 minutes we were on the road trip, the very first day I was with him and he, and he, and he checked me and I was like, Whoa, I didn't know you were religious, dude. And I mean, if you know me, if you know me, man, like I would, we were, we would talk crap to each other all the time. Like that's how we communicated in the morning. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I mean, man, I promoted that. Like I loved hearing the most ignorant things somebody could say, the most foul things somebody could say, like we had, con- like we would try and one up each other on the most foul thing we could tell each other, you know? And, yeah. We had many hours of just, 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 just busting each oh other down. Gosh, it, it, man. it was very, yeah, it was so entertaining. Oh and I still love that. You know, I still think it's hilarious. But one thing I noticed was, was, was that it was, it, it's not for somebody who, who, who in my heart of hearts wanted to be, be a human that's going to be successful, make an impact on others and stuff like that. I knew that, that I was going to have to develop and change. Well, he was a devout Christian and yeah, we had a lot of good times and yeah, we partied a little bit and we went wild and stuff, but we were also working like 16 plus hours a day at the same time. So, but his faith, I'd never seen anybody like he would get into like faith-based conversations and he would not back down. He was like a pit bull for Christ. And it was like, that was one area of my life that I had always had an issue with. Like I graduated from a private Catholic school. Like I studied the studied Christianity. I studied the Bible yet. I didn't know anything, man. Like I wasn't comfortable with it. I, I, I'd never evangelized, you know, I, I never did any of this. Like I, I was just kind of like, there were times I believed there were times like I wanted to believe and didn't believe there were times I was agnostic. And then there was a period of time in the Marine Corps. I was just like, you know what? F this. I, I don't believe all I need is me. Cause you know, I mean, I mean, probably not you, man, but I, I just know that myself, um, I just was like, I didn't need anybody like, especially God, you know, there were times where I would just get so cynical in the Marine Corps. I was just like, I got this, like, I ain't going to show no emotion. You know, there's, there's no God. But the funny thing I noticed was that every time I got in a bind, I was always praying 
please God help me through this. Please God help me get through this. You know, like, like my finances are jacked or when I went through my divorce, you know, I was, I was just not in a good spot, you know? And even though I, I said with, I spoke with my mouth that I didn't believe in God in my heart, I would pray to him when I, when I absolutely was desperate. And so I was like, how can I, how can I, um, say that I don't believe in something when I'm praying to him? How can I be mad at something that isn't real? You can't. So obviously it's real. And at this very same time, man, so I'm getting my master's degree at Creighton. And if you don't know anything about Creighton, it's a Jesuit college. So they Christianity and, and the faith and how it was spread through the new world and stuff. And so I have to do a lot of reflecting and do a lot of papers on these, these, you know, giants in the early faith. And it just made me start thinking, man. And I'd always kind of wanted to do something, you know, that was kind of beyond myself. Cause I'll be honest, like, I felt like I was just kind of living life for myself for the first 29 years of my life. And I finally was just like in this position that I was looking around and I'll tell you, man, I, I, I the day it happened, I was starting classes back up. I just got my new job after spending two months on the road with my, with my buddy. And I was looking around my house and I was like, holy crap. And then every single good experience, bad experience, a lesson I learned, person I could remember, it was like a film reel of my entire life flashed before my eyes. Like it was just, and the first time in my life, I was standing in my living room I was standing in my living room and, and I just got this overwhelming sense of gratitude. And the first thing I thought was I have to pray. And I'd never done that before. And as soon as I did that, I realized that, that there, there is a God. And so ever since then, I've been praying every morning, every night, um, I go Facebook live and I do those Facebook live devotionals every single day. Um, and, but before the Facebook live stuff and after I kind of had that little, you know, when God bought me on the head, I just kind of had this revelation and I was like, well, I'm, I know I'm going to be a business owner. I knew, I knew that I wanted to do, to do something to give back and my Graves disease kind of kept me from being able to run. Maybe I can cycle and a couple months of praying and reflecting and you know, the business kind of came about. And even though I had this bop on my head where God was like, yo, you're a Christian. I'm real. I got your back. Even though I had that moment, I was so afraid to start a Christian clothing line, super afraid. And I kept reflecting and praying. And then all these signs just kept flooding. And I was just like, holy cow, like, the more I resisted, it was like the more signs that God was put in front of my face. And then there were times it was just like, okay, I'm going to slap you with some evidence, Greg, bam. And he would just put it in my front of my face. I'm like, wow, what am I thinking? For example, I would pray every night. Hey God, you know, help me be one of your best messengers. But then I was like, when I was trying to trademark the name of my company, I couldn't find out a name and two T one seven, which is a Bible verse, second Timothy chapter one, verse seven came, came up a few times. And I didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't want it to be religious based. I didn't want to offend people. You know, I wanted to be welcoming. But then one day after reflecting, I was like, 
I'm sitting here asking God to help help me and guide me and give me the strength to be his best messenger, but I'm afraid to name my clothing line after a Bible verse. And I said, that's exactly what I have to do. I have to name my clothing line after a Bible verse. I have to start a Christian clothing line. I have to do it. And even though I don't know that much, the simple act of just diving into the faith, I was going to be forced to learn. And it was just like how they said in the Marine Corps, you know, or acting like a student. Well, that's what, that's how I related it. I was like, well, if I want to be a Christian, if I, if I want to know all this, if I want to impact people through the word, even though I don't know much about it now, I have to start acting as if I do. I have to start reading as if I already know, you know, I have to create habits that a Christian would have like a devout Christian, you know? So I did, man. And that's, I just been doing it ever since. Um, and today we, that's amazing, Greg, you know, that's, it really speaks highly of you uh, as an individual and, and as a man of faith. You know, you're able to, to listen to God, even though, um, you know, him speaking to you comes as a whisper, it says. And and for you to, like, hone in on that and listen to that whisper that he's telling you, you know, like, I will bless you as long as you do this. And it sounds like that you that you did that. And and I'm very impressed. I'm very very glad that uh that I've been able to watch you and you've been able to guide me through things. You know, we we touch base on a we contact each other on a regular basis, I feel like, and you know, we build each other up. And to close here, I just got uh two quick questions and uh the first one is a three part. And uh the first one is what does it take in your in your words, what does it take to be successful? Okay. And then what are you doing to be successful and how are you helping others um to be successful um well first off whatever it is i feel like there's only two things you have to do to be successful one you have to run toward and just go be able to take risks be afraid you can be afraid that's fine but when you're afraid just go do what you're afraid of if you want to go do something but it, it scares you then go do it and two, be consistent. There is nothing that it's not, it's not all these big movements. It's not huge acts of just like in, ingenuity or, you know, like greatness that, or financial success that, that, that creates, you know, successful, a steady, successful life. What it, it's, what it's all about is consistency. Yeah, there's people out there that win the lottery or there's people out there that do become overnight sensations, but those are such a small percentage of the most successful people in the world. For most people, it is a consistent grind every day. And, you know, some successful people say you got to work 16 hours a day. Some people say, you know, they just did small things every single day consistently. The thing is, is that one, don't be afraid. Get over your fears because honestly, you're not, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but whatever you're afraid of or whoever you're afraid that's going to judge you or think you're weird, guess what? It's happened to every single person that's ever been successful, and it's going to happen to you whether you pursue excellence or not, whether you pursue your dreams or not. Life is going to hit you. People are going to make fun of you. You are never going to please everybody, so you might as well go and do something that you want to do and still have people make fun of you and still experience everything that you're going to already experience, but you're pursuing a passion. And two, 
be consistent. Just consistency. You don't have to be a genius. Success happens over a steady period of consistent work. Um, now that's awesome, Greg. Yeah, but but I have to preface that with with <laughs> mind you, I'm talking from things I've not. I can't say that I've 100% experienced all that as far as my spiritual growth. Yeah, as far as developing. As a person, yeah, I say I, I say that I'm definitely a lot better than I was. As a business owner, I've had three three businesses that I've attempted. Um, one cost me, you know, fifteen thousand dollars, and after that one, I was just like, you know what, money's not an option. It's not. It's not, not that it's not an option, but I'm not afraid to take risks. That's my one thing. I'm not afraid to fail and I'm not afraid to take risks. And so I'm not, I'm not, I have to, I have to emphasize that I'm not speaking from a, a, a point of view that is financially successful or fine or, or, or as far as like an entrepreneur, entrepreneur success. Yes, I technically do have a business, but I still have to prove myself. Like I'm still in the infancy of my business. Um, will, will, will my Christian clothing line be the thing that, you know, catches on. I don't know. I hope so, you know, but I'm not really doing it because I want to become rich. I'm doing it because it's, it's part of creating the, this message of, of God's got your back. Don't be afraid. And even if you are afraid, you run toward whatever you're fearful of. And the whole premise of why I chose the Bible verse I did, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, is because it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You're going to get drugged through the mud. People will make fun of you. But through it, you will gain perspective. You will gain knowledge. You, you're, you're going to get a couple bumps and bruises. But it's all worth it, and it's going to happen whether you pursue your dreams or not. So you might as well pursue your dreams. So – Yes, just um, run toward fear and consistency. Oh, man, that's awesome. And, you know, what are you doing to help others become successful? Um, well, I, I like to I like to I reach out to people a little bit more. You know, I, I'm a little bit more open minded. But as far as uh, helping others become successful, those morning devotionals that I do, um, I, I, th- I make those public, you know, and in. As far as like, if, if we're talking like charity work, honestly, no, I don't go do charity work. I haven't done charity work because I'm, I'm like right in the thick of my grind of, of my business. I still hold a day job and I'm training and trying to put together that first athletic charity for my business. So the thing that I do right now that I can do to give back is when I'm giving people time or when people need my time. I try and give them all of myself, you know, like a hundred percent of everything I've got emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, or even physically. Like if, if somebody needs me, I'm there. And I always tell people, if you, if you ever watch my morning devotionals, which anybody can go watch them. Um, I want as many people to watch them as they can. Um, just go to my Facebook, which is Greg Mooney. But I tell people to contact me. I am always willing to talk. I'm always willing to, you know, chat. If you have something that you don't like that I said, bring it to me. I will not get offended. You know, I can't, I can't get offended if, if I'm getting offended. And obviously it's something that's wrong with me. You know, it's hitting a nerve with me. Um, because I mean, we're all, we're, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm called to understand. 
We all have a perspective. I've got a perspective and maybe your perspective that you, that you don't like what I said could, could teach me something. So, so what I'm doing to help other people is I'm, I'm putting myself out there as far as these, these devotionals and people can see, see me raw. I don't know everything. And I, I let them know, I don't know everything. I talk about a lot of personal stuff on those devotionals when the topic hits right, or when, you know, God thinks that I should, cause man, there's a lot of times I go onto those devotionals and I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And the, the devotionals way over my head, but somehow I have not, there's not, there's, I think there's only one or two days that I've actually kind of had a loss for words, but I've always been able to come up with something and it's not really a testament to me, but it's, it's just a big man upstairs working through me, man. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, just, just kind of reach out, you know, I'm, I'm like, whatever, whatever people need, I'm always there for a piece of advice or even just if somebody wants to give me a piece of advice or vent, man, they say, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, so. Hey, that's exactly right. And uh, you said it a little bit just then, but how can we find out more about you? Like, how can the audience contact you and see what you're doing? Oh, yeah. Just go to. So those morning devotionals um, are on my Facebook, which is Greg Mooney. And it's G-R-E-G-G. There's three names and three, three G's in my first name. And um, yeah, you can check that out. I have a Twitter um, that is two T one seven. That's the name of uh, obviously my clothing line. That's got a Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. Um, and my Instagram personal Instagram is Greg Mooney. Um, my business Instagram is two T one seven LLC. And then my website for the business is www.the2t17.com. And I have a blog on there that I've been blogging all the training that it's taking to prepare for the, the 15,000 mile ride that I'm doing next year. So, um, yeah, just, just find me on Facebook. You should be able to find fi- Facebook and Instagram and you'll be able to find all the others through Facebook and Instagram. Cause they're all connected basically. So that's awesome, sure, Greg. You know what, brother, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully the audience can, uh, see what you're doing, uh, take it to heart and, maybe apply to whether it's their job or their business that they're trying yeah, to start. Yeah, sure, man. And, and hopefully uh, this thing that I'm doing and this thing that you're doing brings, brings people to do what they love to do and not chase the money and actually chase the dream and live life the way that, uh, the way that we yeah, want to. Yeah, dude, so, absolutely. I, I, I want to say, uh, I'm proud of you for this. Like, obviously we've known each other for a while, so it's awesome. When you said you were going to do a podcast, I was like, oh, this is dope. So yeah. And I never even heard of, heard of this app. So th- this is awesome. I, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, it all, it all works out and, you know, I'll be praying for you and, uh, it'll be good, brother. It'll be good. So yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, brother. All right, man. You have a great day and uh, yeah, you too, man. Later. All right.